0: people out there. This is the Kalam Babu talk show. In this podcast, Kalam talks to readers and writers about books, their areas of interest, and a whole lot of literary topics. It's all about books. This podcast comes on the second and fourth Saturday of every month. Kalam also has book pre-launch interviews with authors. Before we get started, here is a brief intro of Hydra. Hydra is short for Hyderabad Readers and Writers, a literature club that Qalam started in September of 2018. Hydra strives to be the bridge connecting readers and writers. We are a mutually supportive group, herein we help each other with knowledge sharing, practical tips, and constructive feedback our long-term objective is to groom and nurture our readers into subject matter experts motivational speakers life coaches and the writers into best-selling authors here in hyderabad india hydra club meets on last sunday of every month in each meetup we discuss the books we read recently we also do fun stuff like literature quiz and flash fiction Hydra also organizes special events like book launches and book reading sessions. And with that intro, let's get started now.
1: This is the first episode of the Kalambabu Talk Show coming via the Anchor platform. My guest today is the Bangalore-based writer Salini Vineet. Salini left her job and career in engineering and made the switch to a full-time writer. Her most recent publication has been the short story collection, Everyday People. So Salini, we will start off with your background. Please tell us about your profile.
2: First of all, thank you for inviting me to this uh, talk show. I am from Kerala. I was born in Wayanad, a a beautiful hill station in northern Kerala. And I studied in Wiener till my 12th standard. And then afterwards, I moved to Goa. I completed my engineering in Bitspilani, Goa campus. Uh, Then I came to Bangalore, moved to Bangalore for my work. And I worked for almost uh, 10 years in electronics industry. In between, I did M-Tech from IIIT Bangalore. And uh, my mother is a teacher and my father is a BSNL employee. And I have a sister. She's also a fine arts student, and my husband works in Amazon, and uh, I have a toddler daughter. Her name is Tara. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's that's pretty beautiful. So four years at Goa, and then uh, post graduation in Triple IT in Electronics Bangalore. Bangalore. Wow. Yeah. Quite set of beautiful places you lived in: uh, Kerala, Goa, Bangalore. And that too, with an electronics background, you started your career and worked as an electronics engineer. How many years was that for?
2: Uh, so I worked from 2008 to 2020 with the two years of gap in for my M-Tech, All right. eight years.
1: Right. Uh, almost nearly a decade of uh, work experience and uh, being a, a yes. professional electronics engineer. So, that leads to my next question. Okay. When and why did you start your writing journey?
2: Yeah, so I think I can start with when first. That okay. is easier. Okay.
3: So,
2: <laughs> so I used to write from my school days. I was a very avid reader from a very young age. So started reading from probably my third or fourth standard. Uh, And in Kerala, like the literature is very prominent and it has a lot of uh, influence on the society at that time. So I started with the Malayalam writers and I tried writing my own pieces. So uh, I think from starting from fifth or sixth standard, I started writing Malayalam stories. Then uh, I just continued. I, I used to write both fiction and nonfiction. I used to write essays and everything, in, but everything was in Malayalam at that time. Then when mm. I moved to uh, like, after my, during my engineering, I had a kind of pause in my writing. Then I started writing again after I got the job. So then at that point of time, I moved to writing in English. So the writing has been a continuous process for me, like as far as I could remember actually. So, I have okay. always been writing as a hobby. Uh,
0: okay.
2: like I cannot actually say when it uh, started because it has been always there with me. Right. And I have blogs in Malayalam and English. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So And also, I have a lot of pieces from my childhood. That is an exciting thing, actually. Uh, my mother has uh, preserved all the things I have written from my very early age. So, right. uh, writing has been a continuous thing. It has been always there. So, some, mm-hmm. probably it's the thing which has been there with me for the longest than anything else. So, that is one thing. And uh, moving to writing as a full-time career was, uh, I think, a big milestone for me. I started with travel writing. So, uh, please feel free to ask anything in between because uh, I might just go on. So, I please tried. feel free to but stop me and it. ask. Love, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So, uh, in 2014, I started traveling all around India. So, I'm a uh, uh, very keen on history and architecture. So, and archaeology. Basically, traveled from 2014 to 2017. Three years, I traveled uh, all all across India, and I started writing travel blogs first in English.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
2: I I have a travel website as well. So, I wrote almost, I think around 100 articles by 2017. Wow. So that actually gave me the confidence to actually write fiction in English. From my childhood, I was writing in Malayalam and I was not very confident in writing in English. So Mm -hmm. all these pieces I just wrote, there was not much audience or anybody. So I was very, you know, carefree. I could write anything I want. I could make mistakes in my blogs. Nobody cared. So it was a practice for me. Then in hmm. 2017, I got a I got the confidence to start writing fiction and basically putting it out to people. After I wrote like around hundred articles, mm-hmm. I had a feeling like okay, this could be the thing. I may be able to make a career as a writer.
3: Okay. So in 2017,
2: I had a baby. Then in 2018, uh, because of all these articles I wrote and fiction, I started writing and a lot of changes related to maternity the leave and so mm-hmm. all there was a kind of a, at the point was a little bit chaotic for me then right. i thought it would be a great time to change my career I, I actually so, made so, so
1: um, let's rewind a bit here and uh, you started writing very early you said right maybe from the fifth standard or sixth standard yes and of course kerala we know is the most literate state in the country and there is a literature background in almost every other family in the state yes. but specifically to getting started even as a very young kid writer who was mm-hmm. the like motivation or who encouragement or trigger point to write or just was it just something internally felt uh-huh. like writing uh, that you started writing in malayalam at that yeah. very young age uh,
2: actually my mother is uh, like she she reads a lot and her Sisters are also like, they write and they read. So they, they mm-hmm. have not published anything, but they are all kind of amateur writers. Both my okay. aunts are amateur writers. Mm-hmm. So they have, so basically maybe because of that background of uh, writing and reading what they wrote. Mm-hmm. So that maybe has given me a trigger in the beginning. And mm-hmm. my teachers in the school, they were, uh, I'm, I'm really blessed to have a lot of very good uh, li- teachers who taught me language. Both okay. English and Malayalam. Okay. So uh, I think from fifth fifth standard to twelfth standard, I constantly had teachers who supported me and uh, prompted me to write. They were actually okay. uh, really support. So I think it's very fortunate for me to have such teachers who kind of prompted me and pushed me to write. So, so that so, is one So thing.
1: not only the people who encourage and uh, you know uh, push. Mm-hmm. I think did you. Write for any school magazine or school contests um, yeah.
2: any yeah, i I often used to write actually i I had uh, I have participated in uh, essay writing competition from in school, and when yeah. I was in twelve, eleventh and twelfth I published two stories in one of the leading magazines in uh, Kerala. It's called uh, Madhrabhumi. Uh, wow weekly. matrubhumi
1: yeah okay yeah. fantastic so okay.
2: they had a column for students actually uh-huh. so in 11th and 12th uh, i published two stories so then in uh, then in after 12th i moved to the engineering and there was a kind of a pause for everything uh-huh. i used to publish actually
1: so your your, your first published pieces were those uh, matrubhumi student section uh, were it stories or essays that you wrote in it's lab? a
2: story the, the both were short stories
1: short stories that you wrote yeah. and matrubhumi published and that would have been a tremendous moral booster mm. uh, very uh, energizing to continue writing <laughs> because india's uh, leading uh, publication is matrubhumi and getting published must have been a fantastic uh, feeling a sense of achievement for you right
2: yeah, it was. I was ecstatic actually because at the during that time there was very less opportunities to actually publish your work. There was no no Facebook or anything. Okay. I was ecstatic actually, but uh, at the same time I don't know. Maybe uh, I didn't know the you know the depth of the my achievement or whatever. Okay. So, yeah, I, I was really ecstatic. I, I still remember, but there was uh, no place to brag about it because there was no social media, nothing. <laughs> I still good. remember. Yeah, I, I I told everyone I saw. Okay. <laughs> so uh-huh. really, really ecstatic experience it was.
1: I, 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 I would guess that you would still have those uh, clippings of the Matrabhumi
2: stories yeah the, the second story i have the first story i'm not very sure i have to check with my mother so she is the person who keeps everything all my childhood who keeps who <laughs> so, your mom you say yeah my mother keeps everything
1: okay, okay. so hopefully she would have your first published yeah. piece and uh, otherwise i think you even, even otherwise you couldn't get it retrieved from
3: mm-hmm.
1: the archives and yeah, uh, subsequently hopefully. um, there is this Kind of pause where the public appearance of your writing is the travel blog in around 2014-15. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, right? 14. Uh, so I, I think from 2004 to 14, there was a like 10 years of gap. Okay. Uh, I didn't publish anything uh, during that time
1: because of this uh, studies and job and all those. Uh, yeah,
2: I was uh, yeah it, uh, because of the engineering course. I uh, like it was very hectic and then. 2008 there was a recession and finding a job and everything was really kind of a volatile market and also I think I I didn't I didn't have time for thinking about writing basically so right. so, I didn't, so
1: so, yeah. so was uh, did you not get published or was, was there a pause uh, during those years like
2: I wrote up only a few pieces at that time I wrote some short stories for my friends to read and that time i think there was not much uh, options to self publish or there was not i'm not much i was not much aware of the blogging thing and also mm-hmm. in 2014 uh, uh, 14 or around 12 or something i got introduced to the blogger yeah. till that point i was not even aware of that mm-hmm. so i think because of that i, I tried to you know mm-hmm. restart writing because of the self publishing options basically
1: and and, and then this uh, 3 years of travel across india was because you were a history bluff, you wanted to know your... Uh...
2: It started as like just a hobby. So we went to a few places. Even my husband is uh, like he's interested in going to all these archaeology places. Uh-huh. So we started as a hobby. Uh-huh. But soon it got up into kind of... Uh, we, we were like passionate for going to places and understanding the history and all uh-huh. then then i thought i'll combine it with my writing so i used to write us just like you know my diaries like what i saw and uh-huh. what i
0: okay. it started
2: like small diaries and all then i thought okay why don't i convert it into a travel blog or a website so that it was all kind of a i think very gradual transition it was not planned or something so i think it just happened uh-huh. in that way
3: I right.
1: It all so, came together in that time period. You were exactly. traveling along with your uh, husband. You got uh, yeah. knowledge about this blogging and other self-publishing platform yeah. and whatever notes you took, you started putting them. But uh, did you have some kind of format in uh, that travel blog? How, how did you uh, uh, design that? Or or you just uploaded your content uh...
2: from my it days from my MTech background. I knew a uh, little basics about uh, designing a website, okay. so I I had the technical knowledge to convert into a blogger into a website and all the stuff. Okay. So I put that also together. So the website uh, is like a continuous effort. The blogs doesn't have any particular template but basically I concentrate more on the history and archaeology rather than the experience of going there and stuff like that I try to uh, you know kind of complement my knowledge by reading old books and history books so I want to give an in-depth description of the places I go so mostly it is history and archaeology so there is a scope of going a little bit academic into it Oh, so that's right. how I designed my blogs. I want I gave a thorough uh, description of the sculptures or archaeology or history. So that's how I designed it.
1: What's the blog site uh, URL? What is it?
2: Uh, it's called uh, pickpackgo.in.
1: Could you repeat that, please?
2: Pick, P I C K, okay. pack okay. go.in.
1: Okay, india.in, okay, uh, dot in, dot in and uh, about 100, 100 plus articles on travel blog, as a travel blog, is it still uh, yeah. active or is it still uh, writing on that site?
2: Yes, uh, actually I'm not writing quite often nowadays, but uh, the site is very much active. Okay,
1: so for listeners uh, who are interested in knowing the travel sites or archaeology connected places that Shalini has visited, this is the site to go to pickpackgo.in. All yes. right. So after um these travel articles, you said you got the confidence to move to fiction, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Why did you say confidence? Did you think that uh, writing fiction was more uh, difficult <laughs> or did you face any internal uh, like uh, hurdles that that's a more difficult uh, space to get yeah. into? What What was that?
2: Yeah 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 actually you see i was uh, i was taught in malayalam medium till my uh, 10th standard Mm -hmm. so i had hardly any contact with uh, uh, you know english literature or english books actually and um, my most of my reading was in malayalam and truth to be told uh, i have not read an english novel until i my last year of engineering Wow. So that was my state of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so I was not very keen, even though my father used to push me a lot to read Hindu and the Hindu and all. Mm-hmm. I was not very, you know, in Kerala, like there are a lot to read in Malayalam. So there was no no need for going for English or English reading or anything.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So <clears throat> that's why I told Confident because when I tried to write fiction, uh, when I tried, when I wrote travel articles, it was like, you know, you are writing the facts. So you just have to put for the facts, you know, some facts and you just, you have to a little bit careful about the grammar and punctuation and spelling. But when I came to writing fiction, I had tried, but I couldn't, uh, you know, express some of the things I wanted to express, like, you know, some some settings or some emotions. And I don't... I, I didn't even have enough vocabulary in the beginning. It was a real trouble for me because I look for a word that matches something what I want to convey, but I will not have that vocabulary. And I kept searching for words.
3: Okay. So that
2: is another thing. So the confidence, I had a very low confidence in writing in English in the beginning because okay. um, because I, I couldn't convey, so you know, when you because you're a writer, you already know this. So, when you want to convey something, and if it is not coming out in the way you want it, okay, then it's a real kind of frustration, but, right? But you are more yeah.
1: comfortable with uh, non fiction, you had already written about 100 pieces or more in uh, on your travel site, yeah. Right? so why yeah yeah why this so, uh, no
2: no hmm. this thing has happened before like while i was doing the uh, travel blog when i started the travel blog mm-hmm. i tried i attempted fiction as well oh, right. so uh, in the beginning like you know maybe in 2014 or 15 mm-hmm. i even tried to write a novel during the you might be knowing this national novel writing month Right. So yeah, during I took one one, I think in 2014, I tried to uh, write a novel at that time. Mm -hmm. And I was doing the travel blog Mm -hmm. parallelly. But that point of time, uh, I found it really difficult to convey what I want to write. It will be there in my head in Malayalam. I can write it in Malayalam, but not in English it is not coming out properly. So mm-hmm. I think somewhere in the path of writing all these articles, mm-hmm. maybe like, you know, automatically it happened. Like uh, I kept trying writing friction also mm-hmm. along with this. Mm-hmm. And at some point I felt like, okay, I, that was, I, I, I can still feel the transition actually from where I try I couldn't convey my, you know, ideas. And from from that point to the point where I could, you know, a kind of write something and not kill myself to that point <laughs> so it was i think the practice of travel blogging had helped a lot actually
1: sure sure but uh you said you grew up predominantly reading uh, malayalam books and uh, malayalam writers yes. so were there yes. any particular uh, favorites or authors that you read more in malayalam malayalam literature
2: yeah actually uh, there are two two people uh uh, the one is uh, Kamala Das. Uh, she is known as Madhavikuti in uh, Malayalam. Okay. So she is a, she is a fiction writer and she writes short story and she also writes English poems. Okay. So she she was a, a great uh, influence in my childhood and she is known for her honest and you know open writing and very very courageous writing at the time nineteen seventies or eighties when. Woman couldn't write about you know certain taboos. Right. She wrote very openly and
3: honestly. Okay.
2: So she is a great influence on me to write uh, honestly, uh, like not not uh, you know covering your feelings and being politically correct or being socially accepted. Yeah. So she a great influence on that aspect. Very good. And there is another writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, whom I admire a lot. His name is Waikum Muhammad Bashir. Bashir okay. Yeah, he's a very famous uh, author. And, you know, I think I got this idea that anybody can write uh-huh. from his reading his pieces, because they were like, you know, there was nothing, they were, they were deep and philosophical. At the same time, it was simple and beautiful. Uh-huh. So uh, he conveyed things in a way that, you no know, nobody could convey. Uh, it would be there is humor and there is lightness to his writing. At the same time, it, if you think about it, it's very deep and philosophical. So it's a kind of a style I try to imitate in my beginning years when I write, wrote in Malayalam. Mm-hmm. So. so he gave me the idea that you don't have to be very you know philosophical or intellectual. You just have to tell a story. So that's the basic thing I learned from his writings. Mm-hmm. You just need to tell a story. You don't have to act intellectual or you don't have to act kind of, you know, you are something <laughs> great. Uh-huh. You just have to tell the story and whatever way it's being conveyed perfectly, you have to adopt that. Uh-huh. So it's it's the tale, uh-huh. the story is more important than the writer. So that's what I understood from reading his pieces. Uh-huh. So these are two writers uh-huh. who actually influenced me a lot and I have their complete volume uh-huh. of works and I have read everything, uh-huh. whatever they have written. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so they, those are like, you know, my big idols so, in
1: writing. So, I mean, those are fascinating personalities, Kamala Das and Vaikam Bashir. One, yeah. one is known for her open, bold and feminist uh, writing without yeah. um, really holding back on what you want to convey. And the yeah. other is uh, simply writing, just tell what you want. Don't worry about the complexities. Mm-hmm. That is what Bashir, Vaikam Muhammad Bashir started you. Yeah. And uh, he yes. is a Padmasri Award winner, as I remember, with a yeah. lot of awards, won uh, day
3: both. So, Yeah.
1: So hope hope uh, you reached the heights of your uh, role models in writing uh, one <laughs> day very soon in both uh, Malayalam and I- English. So, so now uh, we are back to uh, your uh, entry into fiction writing.
2: And mm-hmm.
1: as of today, what are the books that you have uh, written and published?
2: My first book was a travel guide, you know, the very first book okay. I wrote. And uh, so I have published three books on Amazon KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing. Okay. The first book was a travel guide, which I actually collected a few posts from my blog travel website and uh, published a tour guide for Hampi. Mm-hmm. Then my next book was the first fiction, debate fiction. It, is, it was a novella. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Magic Square. And uh, the third book is a collection of short stories, it's called Everyday People. Oh, okay. So, these are the three books I have published. Uh, and, and
1: what are the time periods? When did you publish your travel guide? Which year was that?
2: So, Travel Guide was in 2017, uh-huh. and uh, the Magic Square Novella was in 2018, okay. and uh, this uh, Everyday People was in 2019.
1: Okay, <laughs> so. That's almost, that's like one book a year and three different categories. <laughs> uh, a non-fiction book sure. in 2017, a novella in 2018, yeah. and a short story collection uh, in 2019. There's no particular um, field or genre that you have written because everything is a different uh, area by itself.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so,
1: Travelgate understood because you had already maintained a, a travel blog yeah. you wanted to collect those in the mm-hmm. form of a book and uh, give it mm-hmm. as a guide mm-hmm. to uh, that area. Humpy, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Now, this Magic Square, the novella that you wrote in 2018, that's a bit interesting. Um, can you talk a little bit about this novella? Where this sto- story idea start? How did you get uh, the idea for this novel? And
2: okay. Yeah. Uh, so Magic Square is kind of a mild suspense novella. Mm-hmm. Huh? So it's about a journey of a PhD scholar who is trying to find a kind of an enigmatic person she has came through in an old textbook, old mathematics textbook. So this is the crux of the thing. The textbook she found in a bookstore uh, and she finds a uh, poem written at the back of the textbook and it is like about the beauty of the Tamil language. And it is written somewhere around I think 1976 or something and she is reading it in 2015 or 16 that's how it recorded. Okay. so she gets interested in this mm-hmm. fellow and she and, and there is another point why she is interested in this fellow because he seems to be a mathematics genius because the mathematics books book he she found it has a lot of uh, unsolved problems and this fellow has scribbled a lot of you know solutions. Mm-hmm in the book and then they try to find him online because they assume that if a person is such a genius he definitely has become a great person or a great professor or a scientist so uh, she tried to find him online and everything but she cannot so it's like that person doesn't exist at all so she goes on a journey and which takes her to Chennai and then Pondicherry so she tries to find this person and what is his story so this is the it's it's a very it's kind of a lighthearted novel, but with a light suspense and an element of history. So that that's kind of a novel like this. Okay, short story. Specifically,
1: yeah. try at a very uh, niche genre because this this actually actually sounds like a, I mean combination of mathematics, yeah. puzzle, yeah. and story. Uh,
2: Mathematics has got very little to okay. do with it. It is just the setting of the PhD scholar. So mathematics has not much much, in much okay. of a thing. Yeah, not, not much. So it's just a setting. So a reviewer had told me once, so this is kind of a cross genre okay. book. So it has okay. romance, it has history, it has a quest, and it has a little bit of suspense. So so when i was writing it uh, i was not thinking about any genre, uh, particularly okay this one okay. or that so that that's what my in, it comes to my initial point i was just telling the story okay. i think all these different elements just happened in in the that. Story. So okay. i think so
1: yeah I, I, I notice or listen to a lot of this kind of uh, experiences because beginner writers don't uh, think of the genre when they're their books yeah. or novellas, they just uh, yeah. tell the story what they want, and then the novel acquires mm-hmm. the genre rather than other way around. Yeah. Because uh, established writers know which genre they're good at, and they mm-hmm. slot it uh, the yeah. story in that genre and uh, give importance yeah. to that. Uh, genres uh, requirements of story narration. So mm-hmm. so they're, they're clear that they are writing a romance. So the element of romance has more weightage yeah. than the element of mystery. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. if they are, and they are sure that they are writing a mystery. So the element of uh, mm-hmm. d- uh, detective detective uh, mm-hmm. quest or the solving a puzzle, those are given mm-hmm. more importance. I think over a period of yeah. time, this is the journey that uh, everybody yeah. takes, or at least yeah. the Indian uh, beginner writers do, right? Because at the beginning, they don't want to get slotted into a genre, genre or they're yeah. not taught or trained to be uh, genre yeah. specific or thinking too much about genre. Once mm-hmm. they get into the field,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think the industry, mm-hmm. the publishers teach them to stick to yeah. specific <laughs> genres and create a niche for yourself. Yeah. So, uh, like your reviewer said, it's a mix of romance, uh, mystery yeah. and quest. Uh, quest is understood because you're coming from uh, writing a uh, mm-hmm. travel uh,
3: uh, blog. And
2: yeah, I think that has influenced a lot, I guess, because of the places I saw mm-hmm. and the things I described mm-hmm. in the book. So, I, uh, yeah, my actually, whatever I write always has some element of journey. So I am also very... You know, I'm an ardent traveler, so probably by you know this, this element of journey comes into whatever I write. Right. Maybe it's like unconsciously it is being inserted. No, <laughs> no into,
1: surprises there. So, yeah. so yeah. and and every story needs a romance between you know, uh, a, yeah. a man with a woman or a woman with a man. Uh, interest to keep the uh, narration going is part of life. It's part of storytelling. Yeah. So if you remove Based the quest for, as a uh, background of your as your writer and the romance is mm-hmm. a necessary ingredient in all Mm. stories then what remains is mystery so we can say your book is basically Mm -hmm. a mystery
2: yeah i think yeah though even the romance romance element is very small Uh actually it's not even i didn't even want to work it out much actually Uh i didn't i didn't give them a closure or anything so i i predominantly wanted it to be a mystery mystery, basically yeah, yeah, not, not a romance actually, but kind of people actually found romance in that uh, they wanted to know what will happen to them and all because some reviews I got like that, okay, you didn't tell us what happened to them. <laughs> so, they, did they get together and the end or what?
1: Okay. <laughs> so, but, but the story idea, the, the trigger came from where to write this novel.
2: Ah, uh, so that also, has, yeah, my mother has a main part in that actually. So she is a mathematics teacher. Oh, I see. Okay. And uh, yeah, in in okay. <laughs> we used to go to this uh, blossom bookstore in uh, Church Street, mm-hmm. Bangalore. Uh, so um, she we we once visited there, and uh, she wanted to get some you know old books. They have a lot of used books, and also from old like nineteen seventies and sixties. So actually, I got this book, we bought this book and the back of the book, I found an address and a name, just the name of that author. And uh, as in the novel, there was no scribblings or anything, but uh, the the guy who had a Chennai address and the date was around 1960s or 70s. And his name was Srinivasan. So the same name I have used in the uh, Novel okay. as well. So just I I was, I found it very intriguing actually, like, you know, what, where this fellow will be now and what he will be doing. What if I uh, visit him with this book and give it, give this book back mm-hmm. to him. So I had, I thought of all that kind of mm-hmm. you know <laughs> scenarios that is like a common thing I do with anything. I try to fictionalize a lot oh, of stuff. So uh, then this novel came up, actually. So the novel, the idea came from okay. there. I tried to think, like, will there be any memories associated with this book? And what what will what will happen if I meet him one day? How he will look mm-hmm. like? From that, I think from around that, I created a story. So that's how the first thing came up, actually.
1: Actually, so, so whatever you imagined or wanted to do, you put it in the story. But the actual book you uh, bought bought in the store, did you actually go and find about that Srinivasan guy? No, 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 no. <laughs> All right.
2: So there is a pin code and there was an address, but yeah, actually like, you know, practical people <laughs> like we do. Right. I, just, I just forgot about the real him and I created That's a true. picture. So, yeah, probably if, if I ever find him, I think it will be great. I don't know shock or <laughs> what for him because somebody wrote a Uh, you know, entire novel about him and I think, yeah, it happens. Like, you know, we don't know. Sometimes people might be referring us. Sometimes people might be talking about us. Sometimes people might be writing about us. We we don't know actually until unless they come and tell us. We don't know who all are thinking about us at this particular time.
1: No, no, it is a very delightful experience because uh, even I find... uh, messages and notes on old books I also uh, occasionally go to stores and pick mm-hmm. up old books there are messages from mm-hmm. people to people and the book yeah. is there yeah. and yeah. it just kind of uh, uh, leads us to imagination what time what context this yeah. person yeah. exchanged the books and what happened to the person why mm-hmm. the book is here and so, it's a very <laughs> delightful experience because some of the messages are very beautifully written yeah, and,
3: yeah. Uh,
1: handwritten so That's those true. are like uh, which yeah. uh sources of imagination mm-hmm. so um mathematics oriented mm-hmm. I think uh, maybe you did not have to do much research for the uh, you said the mathematics very minimal, minimal.
2: actually I just wanted to create a setting of a phd scholars and a college yeah. and research kind of thing because they i had to somehow bring them to this book there is there should be a very strong reason that somebody comes and search for a mathematics book nobody does right. that right so that's why I wanted to make them PhD scholars and they were desperate to find something. And I think my M-Tech experience has helped me a lot because I have seen a lot of desperate PhD scholars during my PhD. M-Tech days, how they, you know, struggle. So I think I have, that, that experience helped in putting their struggle into the paper. And some of the PhD scholars have come and told me, yeah, you have captured That what we are going through every day (laughs) about the you know guide and their Mm -hmm. dynamics like the PhD scholar and their guide how the dynamics goes so things Mm -hmm. like that.
1: So so uh, you did you did not have to do much research is what uh, I think.
2: Uh, No, the the setting I didn't have to do much research, but the research part came into what is actually Srinivasan's story. So the Mm -hmm. fellow he gets into a bit of a political struggle. And that's how he had to, uh, so that's a mystery basically. So he has to, uh, you know, disappear from the social scene. So that has a lot to do with the Tamil Hindi Act, you might be knowing, right? When during the Lal Bahadur Shastri's time, after 25 years, after, I think in 75, after 25 years after the constitution was built, They were planning to switch the official language to Hindi. Uh, There were a lot of uh, agitation in the South Indian state, especially in uh, Kerala, uh, Tamil Nadu, Karnataka, and uh, Andhra Pradesh at that time. That element, I had to do a lot of research, like what happened at that time. And uh, I think the most of the research uh, went into that part, actually, rather than when the question like where she goes and how she people, she I all I can Mm -hmm. imagine but this part this history part i wanted to be very uh, you know i wanted to be very authentic at that point i didn't want to imagine things mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. right so i went through a lot of research papers for that so so
1: what were your sources uh, for research yeah. and uh, how much time did it take
2: so the research basically like i think almost the history part i took almost uh, one month or something so there were a lot of Basically, there are a lot of research paper available about the anti-Hindi struggle and uh, about the riots in Tamil Nadu. So many people actually died during that time. And most of us, most of my, I didn't know about that, actually. I didn't know that in, for such a reason, many people have died, actually. That was a shock for me. And almost it took one month, one month. or something to collect the facts. And then I had to convert it into a fiction. No, but did you did you find river, them on the web sorry. did you just
1: google them out or you have to
3: go yeah to i,
2: I got or? i didn't i didn't have i got a lot of google scholar i got a lot of google papers scholar, okay. about the history yeah google scholar and uh, a lot of history books i uh, referred the one among them is uh, ramachandra guhas uh, india after gandhi and uh, some things i asked on quora so there were a lot of people, like, uh, I don't know whether you know him, Balaji Vishwanathan and all. So they, they have helped me to figure out some historical facts, actually. So Cora was really helpful. And I, of course, I had to verify it whatever they told. But yeah, it was like all the crowdsourcing platform. I even used Facebook. I called up some of my Tamil friends to see that, okay, things like this exist there or not. So it's all online but basically i didn't talk to anybody directly it was all online
1: so so the books that or the papers that you got on google scholar are free or did you you have to pay for them
2: Uh, most of them i got are free actually like i didn't have to pay anything yeah because it's a old uh, thing Mm -hmm. i think they have it has become like archic or something so they are moved to archives basically if you are to find out something about currently happening, maybe it's much difficult. And that's a very
1: uh, important tip uh, to use Quora for information gathering, post a question. And a lot of people who are uh, very well uh, read or have a lot of knowledge Mm -hmm. and scholarly, they give good answers and uh, references also. And uh, people should leverage Quora and learn how to use it to gather the information they want yeah so basically mm-hmm. google scholar and, uh, history books yeah. uh, quora and sometimes i think uh, yeah even wikipedia is a good place
2: to get your uh, wikipedia is a good place to start actually so uh, when you you can get your references from there and then you can dig mm-hmm. deeper into the reference list mm-hmm. Um, if you are lucky, then you might actually hit top on a gold mine of old, uh, like, you know, uh, very important articles. Yeah, Wikipedia is definitely good a good starting point. When
1: you go into all these yeah. more specific areas like Quora and uh, Google Scholar.
2: Mm, exactly. So, Quora, only thing is you have to verify whether what they're saying <laughs> is true or not. Right. Because like, it's, it's like you cannot just take it from there and write it into, into a novel or something, you might end up in trouble. <laughs> So it has to be verified, fact-checked. Yeah. So
1: if you wanted to say uh, in one paragraph or uh, in in yeah. one short summary about Magic Square, why mm-hmm. readers should uh, read it, what would that be?
2: Okay, <laughs> so it's like difficult to answer in one paragraph. Like, like your
1: 60-second like, uh, sales yeah. pitch for Magic Square. What would you say about that book?
2: Start with if you are uh, having a midlife crisis or if you are interested in following somebody's Mm -hmm. journey or if you are confused about like or if you come to a Mm -hmm. full stop and wondering where to start. The magic square is about a person who is stuck at their life and they come upon something something wonderful Mm
3: -hmm. by chance.
2: And so the protagonist, she take up the chance. That is more important. So she take up the challenge, and she decide to you know come out of her um, comfort zone and go on a journey to pursue what she feels very strongly. She feels that she wants to find this person named uh, Srinivasan, and she actually come out of her comfort zone and she decides to pursue the journey. And she finds him, and it is she finds a lot of. Bliss and happiness in doing that. At the end of her journey to find Sri she actually finds herself. So she learns a lot of lessons, meets a lot of people. This is for anybody who is stuck and who cannot, who feels that you cannot proceed forward. I hope this journey of uh, the protagonist Amuda, it will give a push to pursue whatever you want to do. So that that's the crux of the story. Maybe the philosophy. That's great.
1: I mean. Uh, people who are struck or having midlife crisis, who enjoy mysteries, yeah. uh, follow the journey of uh, this person to find Srinivasan, yeah. the mathematician, yeah. and then figure out how it all uh, comes together. Mm-hmm. So we advise uh, readers to definitely pick up this book and uh, take a read at that. Okay, Salini, now let's talk more about your uh, recent book, Everyday People that yes. you published in september of
2: 2019
1: yes yeah. it has got eight st- stories i believe and all stories are set in bangalore yes yes okay so please talk about the uh, short story collection everyday people
2: so i started writing the stories it's which are in everyday people around i think uh, june of uh, 2019 so it took okay. almost three months to write. Uh, I didn't start as a book actually because I was uh, writing kind of a story a week or week kind of a thing for a practice. So that's how the idea came up from. Mm-hmm. And uh, short story collection is, as you said, uh, it's it's based on based in Bangalore. So all the stories has, are set in Bangalore, and it's uh, my attempt to actually capture the you know, life around me in Bangalore. So I, I am a resident of Bangalore for 10 years and I have a diverse um, experience in working and studying and meeting different kind of people. As the uh, name rightly suggests, the story of people you meet every day. That's what I wanted to capture in those stories. The story of common people around me, the people you meet every day. So it is a kind of, you can call it a com- uh, contemporary fiction, probably.
1: But uh, it has got only eight stories. I normal uh, short story collection. I would uh, think yeah, have yeah. so, more than eight actually.
2: So yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. So there is a reason for that. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, I uh, bought this. I published this book to participate in the uh, Amazon Pen to Publish contest. So I wanted to uh, participate in the short form section. So there are two two different categories in Amazon Pen to Publish contest. One is the long form. And the other one is a short form. Okay. So the short form has a total uh, like a limit on the word count. Like how much should be the length of your book. So I thought these stories will fit into the short form category. So that's why I had around, I think, 15 stories, which I had written in the three months period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I chose uh, whichever eight I felt uh, which is like good among the group. I, I particularly aimed at publishing it for the contest, uh, participating in the contest. Mm-hmm. I limited it to eight stories, actually. Oh. and uh mm-hmm. yeah thankfully fortunately, I made it to the final five finalist list also for amazon pen to publish contest last year congratulations so, uh, thank you so that's okay. that's why it it like it, uh became just eight stories- uh-huh,
3: uh-huh.
1: so um okay, so the motivation was to uh participate and publish through the amazon pen to publish contest but uh was there any specific uh, genre or uh, theme that you wanted to write in, or the contest asked to, to write uh, in, or all the stories are different from each other?
2: Uh, no, actually uh, the stories are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe that they all come under the, you know, they all address the dilemmas and the problems that our current generation is facing in one way or the other. So that's why I wanted to call it a contemporary fiction because, for example, in there is a story called Blue Light, probably you would have read it. Mm-hmm. So in that story, I wanted to portray how people feel alone and depressed in a big metro like Bangalore. So even if, if there is a lot of, you know, noise and there are a lot of people around still there are a lot of people who lives alone and feels a lot of uh, loneliness and in all other stories i wanted to you know bring for some of these aspects of our current generation Mm -hmm. so in the in the story the ugly indian i wanted to portray that how well-educated people actually break laws and you know how well-educated people actually don't care about laws mm-hmm. so the, when we when we come to the uh, social media we are all responsible they are all responsible but when it comes to the real life right there may not be so much so different aspect of current generations life so that's that's what i know the best right. so
1: not only that they, they put up on a good uh, face on social media but they don't to care uh, seem to care much about the uh, social hygiene or Cleanliness yeah, of the yeah. you know, uh, surroundings and so
2: on so yeah yeah so
1: uh, and so yeah, both the it, stories that you mentioned I read like them and do you purposely look at putting a twist in this narration or does it come <laughs> naturally to your style uh,
2: um, I think it comes naturally because I'm an admirer of mysteries I just cannot end uh, in, in a normal I, way I, I feel yeah <laughs> okay. some, somehow yeah, some stories I end very normally and abruptly Uh but some stories i want some twist Uh so (laughs) and it comes actually sometimes maybe because i'm a very art and fan of sherlock holmes okay probably all these mystery and the twist is like you know i want to give a kick at the end okay oh people should feel like oh at the end so that's that's i i enjoy doing that a lot actually
1: so so sherlock holmes and uh, those detective stories apart from that any other uh, writer or uh, short story collection that you like the most, uh, been a fan of?
3: Uh...
2: So uh, I have uh, read um, uh, the translated stories of Pirmal Murugan. Perimal Murugan. Uh, so I am a big fan of uh, his stories uh-huh. actually. The way he brings very common uh, thing and he twist it into something magical or, you know, so there are a lot of stories uh, where I have his stories, especially, Mm -hmm. where he takes something very natural or very, Mm -hmm. you know, common in the beginning. And then by the time you reach the end of the story, it has gone into a very different level. So that, so that his stories have actually influenced me a lot. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't read, I cannot read Tamil, but, I have read all his translated stories, uh, uh, so uh, it was a huge influence right, right,
3: uh, on me. Yeah,
1: Pirmal Murugan and, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle for uh, Sherlock yeah. But even though you may have uh, good uh, role models or examples, uh, mm-hmm. writing short stories is—is is it easier or uh, m- more difficult than writing a novel, novella as a uh, you know, as a project?
2: I, I don't. I don't know whether we, I can compare it because I have not so much of experience in writing novels. So mm-hmm. uh, I am just uh, like, you know, in process of writing one novel. So uh, I think uh, short stories are uh, challenging in the sense you need to pack a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of things into a short narration. Right. So I have heard somewhere like, like I have heard somewhere that a short story st- should be uh, like the final chapter of a novel. So that much, okay. yeah, that much uh, material you need to pack into a short story. You cannot say a lousy story and say that, yeah, it's a short story and I'm done with it. Right. So I think even though the length is little limited, say 2,000 to 3,000 words, mm-hmm. the material you need to pack into it is tremendous actually. So So that is one challenge I felt. Smaller, like lesser number of words you need to tell more things actually and also you don't have the time to bring the uh, readers into a setting you don't have time to explain about the characters or their past or their backstory or anything right so i feel like when you write a short story you are just pushing the reader into a middle of a world where he has no idea what's going on and still you have to by the end of the story you have to make a connection with the reader that the reader should feel for the characters Right. So that's kind of a challenge in uh, short story writing. Mm-hmm. And as you asked about the novels, I think novel possesses a very different set of challenges, actually. Mm-hmm. So I would say both are challenging, both um, but kind of different, different set of challenges. Well, let me
1: put it this way. So, which was more uh, difficult yeah. uh, or easier to write? Magic square or everyday people? Uh,
2: for me, short stories comes easily, I guess. Easily. So okay. I am from the beginning i'm a, <laughs> a naturally a short story writer mm-hmm. you know holding on to a story for a very long time is kind of i feel it's a very it's a hard work for me for a novel you have to invest your uh, time for months on end and you have to uh, be in that kind of their world for a long time that is for me i think it's more difficult actually rather than writing a short story
1: but in the short story every story you need a new set of characters names settings dialogue so uh,
3: uh,
2: yes yes so I, uh, so I agree with you
1: it's a different kind of challenge but mm-hmm. um, if i think uh, what i am getting is probably you are mm-hmm. at ease with either form a novel or a novella or a, a short stories mm-hmm. for you um, May be coming off easily mm-hmm. as a form.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes.
1: But then a lot of uh, short stories actually don't keep up the tempo because if you're coming out with a book of 10 or 15 stories, you need to do justice to all the stories instead of one, making one story gripping and then another story just uh, going superficially. So, yes, so yes. with That's that respect, uh, did you get your uh, stories reviewed uh, before publishing?
2: Yes, yes. So I uh, worked with I had worked with an editor, mm. a freelance editor. Uh, she and me together we picked the stories right. uh, for the collection. Mm. So whatever she felt it's good. Among so, I had a collection of around twenty stories, mm. and um, so I let her. Also, I I had an opinion from different people actually, but uh, the editor really helped me to put it together mm-hmm. and uh, we had a round of editing also on top of the so initially whatever i wrote as you said wherever there was a issue with the tempo or issue with the, the story going just superfluous. Mm-hmm. so we actually went back to those stories and uh, kind of tried to fix it uh, a second opinion is always you know the best uh, maybe i may not be able uh, I to see that thank you
1: might have mentioned her yeah. name is it divya balaji
2: Yes, yes. Her, her name is Divya Balaji and she is uh, owner of a freelance editing firm. Okay.
1: And she's the editor for both your books?
2: Actually, Magic Square, when I published in the beginning, mm-hmm. I uh, didn't edit it. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> next, so, but I, after... Let's call uh, it self-edited. Eh? A month, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. But I think, yeah, it has its share of uh, uh, editing, uh, you know, issues, uh, which I have gotten off from many people. Right. Yeah, I went back and edited it again. So I worked with Divya Balaji. Yeah. Months after I published Magic Square, I edited Magic Square. Okay. So that, uh, and I uh, kind of republished it, second edition or something, okay. because I strongly felt that it was needed and was skipped. Right. I again edited it. Just so either
1: edited. a novel, novella or a short stories collection, the importance of editor is pretty much there. You can't uh, get yes, in, ignore the importance of a good quality editor before bringing your book out.
2: Yes, I strongly believe that actually. every Everything needs a set of... And not even just an editor, I feel. Mm-hmm. There there should be some beta readers for every story. Okay. Because um, things, some things you just you know assume that it works or assume that people understand mm-hmm. it or you may not be able to detect like yourself that okay it's not working or it's not being like i assume something but it's not understandable it's not coming out so i even believe that at least there should be some beta readers whom you trust and who will be like very honest with you not just you know okay say that it's good mm-hmm. So, that is also important. Plus, the editor, I think, brings out a very good work.
1: So, in your case, who were your beta readers?
2: My mother okay. and uh, my sister uh-huh. and my husband sometimes. Okay. And I have a few friends, actually, who is interested in reading. Uh-huh. Those, those people were reading the work. Right. Uh, so, not everything, but uh, some of them, I wanted a second opinion. I have sent it to them and they have read it, actually.
1: And, and this is... Before getting edited, right?
2: Yes, yes. Before getting edited. So then I do a round of self-editing and Mm self-proof reading. Then send it to the editor. Okay. So
1: so you got your novella done. You got your uh, short stories done. Very well done. And the publishing process uh, starts after that. In your case, what was your publishing approach or publishing journey like?
2: So as far as uh, these two books are concerned, I have done Uh self-publishing through Amazon KDP. So I cannot actually say that I have been through the long process of sending it to publisher or anything. Uh But KDP actually gives a good platform for new beginner writers. Uh Because I don't think that if there was no self-publishing options... Uh I would have been able to bring out some, at least some of the finished work. And it gives a tremendous amount of uh, confidence for a beginning writer Mm -hmm. to uh, actually you put your work out. So it's it's a lot of, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's actually scary to put your work out. Mm -hmm. You know, people read and what they will tell. So I, I still remember uh, like the first, after I published my, uh, my uh, novella through uh, the KDP, I got the first review from, uh, I asked, I requested a lot of people to review it and I got the first review and the person sent me the link for the review and I was basically they- literally shaking when i was opening the link because i have no idea what he's going to say about the book so (laughs) so i think the self-publishing way for me Uh it was kind of a easy way like easy way into the putting my work out because there in kdp there is a very you know very basic level of verification whether your work is is like you know copied from somewhere so they don't do Kind of a sort, like kind of a filtering that the traditional publishers right. do because right. they cannot afford that. Mm-hmm. But I think that is in a way good because uh, I could publish two books and, you know, it kickstarted my journey as a writer. Compared to traditional publishing, this was like you have all the control to either make your book a disaster or you make your book a good thing. <laughs> it's all up to you. So right. that's what I feel the best because... If you are really passionate about, when I I was writing, Uh you can either edit the book, proofread the book, or do whatever with the book. Uh Still, you can publish it. So, it's all up to the writer whether they want to bring out an excellent book or they bring out just like a Uh half-baked book. So, I think that way the self-publishing is both, uh, you know, both empowering and at the same time it's a bit of a I think, trap for somebody who wants to just you know push out uh-huh. things will be very cautious and uh, and also i feel that self-publishing uh-huh. thing one should be very careful about putting out half-baked work through this because you after you move ahead in your writing career uh-huh. people will still read your old works people there are people who have already read your old right. works and if if they feel that you're not serious about it, you are just, you know, you're not, you're not serious about what you wrote or what you edited. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's uh, it tells a lot about you as a writer. Sure. Because, okay, I understand that the, the writing style evolves, the quality evolves, your storytelling method evolves. But the fact that somebody put out a book with a lot of typos. That I feel that it is going to say a lot about the writer. So after, say, 20 years of the writing career. So so don't rush into it and uh,
1: put out something that just for the sake of uh, uh, having your name seen as a published author or, you know, just to uh,
3: be.
1: Yes,
2: yes, yes. I think so. So that, that's what I strongly believe. When you are given the power to do something, doesn't mean that you go ahead and do it immediately. A right. lot, of, lot of thought has to be put into even self-publishing because after all, it, it's a world of Kindle readers and a you know, lot of people read Kindle books and a lot of people even download. They don't much care about whether it's being self-published because when you read a book, you don't care about whether it's a self-published or it's a, a published by somebody right. If you like the book, you like it. If you don't like the book, you don't like it. So in that way, I think self-publishing needs to be mm-hmm. taken very seriously and uh, approached with a lot of caution, basically. Right. So
1: so you do, uh, beginning writers don't have to have any concern that just because they are uh, doing it a self-published way that it will be something against them. So some people may have some biases mm-hmm. or uh, unnecessary thoughts that, should I go self-publishing yeah. or should I wait and uh, try for the traditional yeah. publishing? So you have put it well. I mean, I think it gives a good launching mm-hmm. pad to show your work to the world. And a lot of, yeah. ang- uh, particularly yeah. the young readers, look for good content, not whether it is published traditionally or by self-published means. Yeah.
2: Uh, yes, I I believe so. Actually, like, but the thing is, uh, so that's what I was told. It it's a bit uh, kind of uh, tricky mm-hmm. in the sense I I I have heard it from many people that okay, self-publishing. I don't i don't, I have no offense to anybody, but I have heard that self-publishing authors are, don't take it seriously. They put something together and just publish right. it. So that kind of uh, image has to go. Actually, I mean, the sense the the writers should uh, you know take it seriously and try to bring out like good quality work through self publishing right. so that uh, the uh, dogma around self publishing and can actually no, right. go it actually doesn't matter right you are giving a content to the reader and they are reading it on their kindle or yeah. mobile you give them a good uh, quality content for their right. time uh, it doesn't matter right so that that's what i that's what i strongly yeah. feel
1: but but uh, on this uh, kindle platform and did you have the option of uh ha- having the books on uh, the paperback version through print on demand or something else like that something yes. like
2: that yes yes they they do have they do have a, a option for that but that needs a little more work on typesetting a book and uh making it print ready that is important uh they they do have it the kdp i think they encourage the writers to move to paperback after some time after their ebook is Mm -hmm. released so i often get uh like mails from kdp like think about moving to paperback now so i I don't know how their logic works but uh you can still
1: look at the uh, paperback through print on demand uh yes yes
2: of course Mm. yeah
1: as you have done this uh, self-publishing and put all the books out there, you should you would have got a lot of feedback. So what is the best and worst feedback you got so far for your books?
2: Yeah. Uh, I will talk about everyday people because that is what I remember the okay, most. Sure, sure. No, because it's the last year. Well, the short stories uh, collection. The best feedback I think what I got was a lot of people telling me that they could connect with my right. stories. So they they feel they felt that they know the characters. They felt that some some of them felt that it is like their story mm-hmm. itself. The connection with the readers. That is I think the best feedback I have got. Uh, stories that are able to connect with mm-hmm. the reader. And the worst feedback, I think uh, many people didn't like the way the stories ended because uh, some of the stories I didn't, I didn't culminate in uh, ending actually. Yeah. So I just left the characters in Uh the middle and left the stories to the readers to figure out, not every story in that, but Uh some of them. So many people have told me that they, they didn't like the, they liked the way until it was ending, but all of a sudden it ended. They wanted kind of more of a, you know, um, conclusion uh, to the stories. So that is one thing. Maybe, maybe those uh, readers
1: that, don't like uh, open-ended or... Uh,
2: probably, probably. That's what uh-huh. I feel. Uh, like, uh, And some of them, but when I go back and think about it, even I feel that maybe a little more work on some of the stories would have. Uh, you know, brought a better even though open ended, it would have brought a better ending. So maybe they are also true. Like you know, sometimes when we write, when mm-hmm. I write, uh, I sometimes I want to finish the story.
3: <laughs> so uh,
2: maybe in some some kind of so some stories I'm very very clear about. Okay, I, this is where I want to stop. I don't want to say one one more word about uh-huh. it. But some stories probably they're they're right. The characters deserved a little more explaining or little better conclusion so yeah i'm taking actually that aspect into uh, you know consideration when i write right
1: so any feedback as a loop mechanism is good because it goes back into your system and it would uh, appear as uh, corrected in the next yes in the next project so that's good and uh, i hope uh, and people uh, do pick up these two books because i have read the portions of uh, the books and the language is quite simple and you don't get into dense kind of writing Uh, keep it young and uh, preppy kind of uh, Mm -hmm. reader's uh, ability to go to the book this was quite nice Uh, so Mm -hmm. and the next step after the publishing is the promotion part did you did you spend yeah. i mean did you what kind yeah. of avenues are out there for promoting books have you have any lessons learnt in this regard so far
2: yeah, yeah. so i i believe that uh, the promotion of your book is absolutely necessary mm-hmm. uh, because uh, i have heard people saying that if it's a good book it will pick up and uh it will does it work like that I I, I don't think so the whole world is all about marketing and promotion. (laughs)
3: Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. for my first book, um I as I was just you know launching into the like Mm writer sphere, I I had a I had actually hired a marketing firm to do my marketing. So it is I think you know them. It's called Half Baked Greens. They are a publisher and they are a publisher and they also do book marketing so i had actually hired them to do and you know guide me to do my book marketing Perfect. basically and it's through them i came to so when i wrote my first book i had no idea about the reviewers the professional book reviewers who review the mm-hmm. book and not about the ways to market your book uh, so through half baked beans i have like i have a lot of i had a lot of experience on meeting a lot of book mm-hmm. reviewers and actually, I came to know about a lot of books, book reviews on Instagram. So basically, I think Instagram is their uh, major area of, you know, uh, where they publish their reviews and their marketing material. Uh, I go, I came to know about almost, I think, a hundred good book reviews and some of them have become very good friends of oh, mine. Oh, very actually. well, okay. And so <laughs> so I, I think it's a, they, what they are doing a very important Mm -hmm. work they deserve to be paid very well because they take up a book and see there are a lot of options for them to take up something classic or something well admired book and read it and enjoy at the same time they spend time to read books of beginners like Mm -hmm. mine and they give their honest reviews not that they just you know give some uh, like you know just pat on my back Mm -hmm. and say it's fine not that there are a lot of people who have took time to review Mm -hmm. my book and gave me very honest okay. feedback. Uh, so I think book reviewers' role in the writer's life is very right. important. Yeah. So if, if it's a very famous writer, there may be a lot of people, you know, uh, automatically pick up the book and write reviews on good reads. But for a beginner writer, you you have to be, you know, you, you, you need to request sure. for reviews. You need to, there is nothing wrong in asking people to read your book and give you some review. You're not asking them to say good about you. They just asking them to say what they feel like. Very important thing. I think okay. reviewers' role is very important. One thing, and second thing is uh, uh-huh. I am a very you know active person on social media. I not only write about uh, my books or not only write about fiction. I write a lot about nonfiction and current events and things like that. I think in the in uh, there are see, there is a concept like a writer is like a person uh-huh. who sits alone and keep writing and you know. Uh, don't care about the world I mean I don't care about what anybody reads or don't read I don't care so I at least I am not that kind of a person I am very active on all the social media be Facebook Twitter or Instagram or everything Mm -hmm. you name it I'm there (laughs) so uh, it's a part of probably my (laughs) kind of personality also I love hearing from people I love hearing from people and so that that helped me a lot, actually, because I already had a, a lot of uh, mm-hmm. people connections on my f- social media. Um, so when I said them mm-hmm. that I am going to publish a book, they were actually gave me a lot of support through their, their shared, like a mm-hmm. lot of people shared when my book was on free. There is a mm-hmm. free Kindle days thing on Amazon. A lot of people mm-hmm. shared the details about my book. So I think being active on the social media uh, maybe it may not be for everyone but i think it helps mm-hmm. from a mar- pure marketing perspective it helps it's not that you just you are just there mm-hmm. for market your book or you know self promotion but you need to actively uh, participate in things you need to you need to have a voice you need to have a kind of a uh, keep right. engaging your audience so that is more important and also okay. uh, I'm mm-hmm. a part of a lot of readers group basically so that, yeah yeah so there are many readers group there I, I don't write anything about my book but right. I write yeah. a lot about the books I read. Many of them come and right. look at mm-hmm. my profile and they realize that I'm I too write. So that is kind of, I'm a part of a group called Mm -hmm. the Reader Circle, I think I've mentioned this before. Mm -hmm. So that is predominantly a group for Keralites, because most of them write in Malayalam, but uh, about all the, you know, international, all the books, even English or uh, every, Mm -hmm. uh, possibly everything they write. Wow, 60,000 members. members. (laughs) And uh, so I... (laughs) <laughs> yeah so it's a it's a heaven for any reader actually uh-huh. if you're in if you can read malayalam reviews it's so, so is it a facebook heaven, group or no? uh, for people so and, okay yeah it's a facebook group and so i got a lot of uh-huh. people connections from the reader circle also because they realized that i'm a writer and they picked up my Mm -hmm. book and they put the review on the reader circle group and that also helped me a lot actually i think it's for a writer it is Mm -hmm. not only important to be connected with other writers it's very important to be connected with the readers as well even though you are not a social person uh, being in connection with the readers is a different thing because the readers are (laughs) i feel they are a different herd altogether Right. Their their worldview is different. The way yeah the way they approach things are different. They may not be like the normal right. folks you encounter on the social media. So I mm-hmm. have a lot of respect for so many readers who has read so much and you know they are like mm-hmm. actually they can teach a lot of things. Readers are very important. Mm-hmm. So reviewers are important. Then the readers mm-hmm. are important. Like being connected with the readers and the best thing is mm-hmm. being a part of some reader group like hydro uh, like mm-hmm. is a perfect example <laughs> being connected with all these people are very important My the marketing, marketing, marketing firm i kept that posted. you mentioned that's yeah. that helps yeah. right yeah definitely definitely so what they they are reviewers, the people okay. who connected me with these all these reviewers mm-hmm. so first book i uh, did with them and right. they also had a good fan following on instagram and etc and uh, the first magic square i was able to sell including the free promotions i was i was able to actually deliver o- over 1020 wow. or 1040 books so that's that's Excellent. that's many that many oh. books I actually sold so <laughs> i think uh-huh. that works so i that's what i found out everyday people somehow i didn't do that much of a you know, very, due to different uh-huh. reasons, I didn't do that aggressive marketing. Amazing. Still, it uh-huh. sold around 700 uh-huh. copies. Yeah, uh-huh. that's what I feel it works. So, people think that it's right. all kind of... So, so
1: if of I can summarize, then this digital uh, uh, marketing forms, then be active in the social media and then... Yeah. Be uh, connected to the readers through readers group, yeah. uh, like the readers circle and all.
2: And also, I think you have to um, mm-hmm. read your peers' works. That is another important thing. Uh, like, you need to understand it's not only about you. Some of the, the, the social media mm-hmm. profile or your feed is not only about you. You have to go mm-hmm. forth and find out who are the other good writers around, who writes mm-hmm. like you, who who writes differently. That is also important. The peer reviews are very important because it gives you a reality check sometimes, and it gives you good friends. And so that also being connected with all kind of stakeholders okay. in your writing that's, that's is very good. important.
1: So uh, I mean, the writing journey does not stop by just handing over your manuscript to the editor, but it's a it's a long term and long haul you should be ready for. Including promotion and being connected to your uh, readers and be aware of yes, what yes. their likes and dislikes are. So yeah. from the market, uh, let's move on yeah, to obsessive. about your uh, individual a- arena. Like to be specific, how mm-hmm. is your writing process like?
2: I'm obsessive writer. If I have to, okay. <laughs> yeah. If I have to describe okay. myself, I would say obsessive uh-huh. writing is just the thing that does it mean me. that
1: not a day have, goes uh, where like, you don't you know, write I, every day you have to write something is it like
2: that? Yeah. yes kind of a compulsion for me like that is not only uh-huh. from the time I started full-time career writing career even before I had this kind of an obsession to write something so I think maybe it's a, a kind of a blessing or I'm lucky to have that kind of mm-hmm. an obsession but I, I keep writing that's why I have written so many different journals of writing because mm-hmm. i want to write something every day every day you may not mm-hmm. get to write stories or you may not have a story to write what i have done is after i mm-hmm. became i have after I shifted to full-time writing i have also oh. taken up the freelance writing uh, path so okay. that i can be connected with the technical writing as well so i basically mm-hmm. am an engineer so i understand technology and i understand okay. kind of little bit of marketing and stuff i i work for uh, Three really different firms as a freelance writer. They give me uh, kind of technical stuff to write. So it's kind of a good deviation from
3: okay.
2: uh, writing fiction sometimes. That is that is the process uh-huh. I follow. And uh, mostly what I try to do is in the whole the day, so as I am a full-time writer, I have okay. I don't have to think about anything yeah. else other than writing pretty much. <laughs> so in the morning okay. session, I try to write my fiction like uh, at least 2 3 hours i try to write something mm-hmm. uh, either work on my novel or try to write a story and the afternoon session i all, always write content writing or technical blogs or my facebook uh, essays or whatever the whole day at least i try to pack a
3: very good
2: uh, 4 hours of uh-huh. writing every day Without exception. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't try, I try not to get stuck actually. Right. Uh, because it's a hot topic, writer's block. But I I don't try to be perfect or, you know, I just keep writing something. Even if I know that it's not coming out well, or it's not up to the mark, or it's not up to the standard. I just keep so, writing so something. So when you're writing so fiction, and you you fiction and you said you write
1: fiction predominantly my, during yeah. the morning times, the first half of the day. So how mm-hmm. how... Do you just uh, write uh, on the device like laptop or you do different forms like index cards or write some bubble diagram or outlining on uh, paper with hand? Uh, I mean, those (laughs) are the mechanics uh, that I was asked looking for. How does it happen?
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So uh, for my short stories, I uh, usually write uh, outline in the sense Mm -hmm. I sometimes Mm -hmm. I write what I want to convey through the story before even I start writing the story. And uh, usually I do all the writing on my laptop. I have uh, not written anything <laughs> okay. with a pen for probably at least two, three years. So
1: even the outlining so you do on your comes laptop? from
2: the background of being an engineer. And yeah, yeah, everything I do. So outlining, <laughs> I actually do on an Excel <laughs> <Engineer>. sheet. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably because of my engineering background, so I have an Excel sheet and I keep the Excel sheet and I have a column for the character. And I have a column for the, you know, uh, kind of what emotions the character. So this actually works. Mm-hmm. It, it works very well with the novel, which, I, which I'll talk about that then, like in the work in progress part. So rather than a story, I think it works very much well. The Excel right. sheet works fantastic with the novel's mm-hmm. outlining. So I'll have a column for the character and I'll have a column for the scene. And each scene, like, what should be the, you know, emotions of the character, etc, etc. So, whatever, at that time, whatever, Mm -hmm. I feel like I make all these columns in an Excel sheet. And I just start explaining things in a very layman term. Like, I don't try to be, uh, like, you know, poetic in explaining that. If if you look at my outline, it's a little bit, you know, I I write whatever Mm -hmm. comes to my mind. Not not trying to be perfect there. Mm -hmm. So, from... From the outline of the story, I come to the first draft. So the first draft is like I often write first, try to write oh, the okay. first draft within a three or four day span, because I wanted mm-hmm. the story to be in a, some form with, before I kind of lose interest in it or you know I, before I want to move on to something else. Four or five days maximum, maybe okay. so that's all I kept keep for the first draft. Then. Uh, when I come to the next draft, so at least I do three or four drafts on a story. Uh, because sometimes the first draft itself may be like mm-hmm. the form and the content may be enough. So the next following drafts, I would I would take mm-hmm. maybe like two or three days or a week or whatever. But the first draft is very important for me. I want it, mm-hmm. want to finish it within a stipulated time. I give myself a deadline saying that the first draft should be ready by this time. Uh, otherwise, I, what I have oh, felt okay. is I have actually yeah. abandoned many stories. I write something and uh, I think, OK, every line I try to make it perfect. And by the end of the two, three days, two oh. paragraphs, paragraph. And, and I lost interest. I, I lost the characters. But, I, but when you do outlining, no interested uh, in writing of story, the story,
1: do you have so, the ending in mind? Are you clear about how will it end at that point?
2: Mm-hmm. No, most of the times no, the ending the time. changes, okay. Probably, most probably. But you do
1: have an ending
2: which, which yeah, will most change of the or which it could changes. change so, as when
1: you actually write
2: do the writing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have an idea about how it has to end, uh, but most of the times I, f- I, I found that it, wow. it changes. I feel that the ending is not up to the mark right. or it's not suiting the rest of the story. So I have... I uh, I often change it. Another thing is I keep playing the story in my mind when I am, you know, mm-hmm. when I am writing on a, I am working on a particular story. I keep playing it in my mind all the time, actually. So I even tell the, di- I mean, I <laughs> I even speak out the dialogues, and then you know, people have, my husband has caught me talking to myself a lot of times. Talking, okay, are you talking <laughs> <Then> to yourself? <laughs> he <laughs> asked me, what are you talking? Then I say. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying the dialogue. So, uh, if there is a conversation, so, so I so try that to... So, uh,
3: you
2: in know, even tell it as when you're asleep, scene. the story
1: may be playing in your dream also.
2: Yeah, actually, uh-huh. some stories, I have slept on the story, basically, because I felt like there is no way uh, the story's ending is not up to the mark or uh, I am not finding a suitable, good ending. I just leave it for the day and I slept better, sleep right? and next morning, ending. probably I'll have a better thing. So, I, I, I keep playing it in my mind, actually. I cannot uh, separate out the story. I cannot separate yeah. out the story and my daily things. So I speak out dialogues and I sometimes I, in front of the mirror, I just mm. just say what I'm going to write. I mean, in the sense, the dialogues. To see that it, if it works, like uh, the yeah. rhythm, the, the, does it sound natural or does it right. sound too, you know, literature
1: that's, that's a so, good way to uh, test that, your dialogues and examine like, them if they
3: are coming out properly yeah, or not.
2: Yeah, and and that too you have to like, you know, I speak out with, if it is an emotional speech I will, I try nobody, I try to hide and say, but sometimes uh-huh. people see me talking to myself. Okay. so but i think it's 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 a good yeah. way okay. actually like so, you know you speak for both the characters and
1: right so uh, so mo- you are a, more of write a, write you are a, actually person who outlines and have some ending in mind and you keep playing it and so i think the background of yeah. uh, being an engineer shows up in what you're saying uh, or you're being a writer using an excellent excel sheet having columns being methodical and mm-hmm. structured about it <laughs> so yeah. you, did you feel any time that the being an engineer is a bit of a disadvantage because you're being too analytical and just rather than just going and writing it because it's a creative form so. uh,
2: yes 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 i feel i have definitely felt so because sometimes mm-hmm. uh, we always you know you want to be logical and you want to be, uh, you know, the writing is, the, the fiction is a way you can go as crazy as you want. You can imagine a lot. You can do things which will never happen. But being an engineer, I feel that there should be, a, I have a compulsion that there should be a logic in things. So I cannot say, for example, if I try to do magical realism, I don't think, I don't know whether I can do it. Because sometimes being an so, uh, I think the people who have no no such background as uh, right. being taught to think and work methodically, they can actually you know go beyond the they, they can actually go a little uh-huh. bit free on their imagination. I try to uh, kind of restrict while okay. I'm methodical in my planning and things. I try to go a little bit okay. uh, relax myself on the imagination part because i have seen Mm -hmm. that a lot of people writing fabulous things maybe because of their artistic background they are taught that you don't have to be logical all the time but Mm -hmm. as an engineer we always seek reasons why it happened where it happened is it the true if 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 the facts are matching right Uh, so i think sometimes it pulls me back but it's important to I think, understand them when, as and when it is happening, as and when your Mm -hmm. logic is actually restricting your imagination, I think it's important to identify at that point, you're going to become, you're becoming too analytical about uh, like fiction, yeah. I think it has all, its own. All yes. But over a period of, of time, you will find that
1: way your true writer uh, who is not uh, depending on your uh, academic and uh, professional uh, work experience. So, yes, so based on what you've written till now, yes. your yes. uh, uh, so non fiction book, your novella, and this short story collection, and uh, your uh, what you call continuous yeah. presence in the social media. So, let's come to beginner writers who have not even written as mm. much as you've done. So, what would your advice? be to aspiring writers?
2: What I think is like the most important, the right. most fundamental thing mm-hmm. for any writer is to write. <laughs> so you, you don't have to, many people have seen that they, they want want something great like some great idea to occur or they feel that whatever their idea is not up to the mark, it's a waste of time writing it down. But I think everyone goes through that kind of uh, you know, situation So most important thing is make time to write is the single most important thing for any beginning writer. There are hundreds of other distractions, full-time work, family and other things. Sometimes even though many people want to put down their thoughts, they may not have time for that or they may not be, you know, may not have the time for that probably so setting apart some time for yourself to write is very important no Mm -hmm. matter whatever you write it may be a facebook post it may be a movie review or it may be a book review anything but the thing is keep writing is main thing because uh, nobody you know nobody comes up with a great idea like all of a sudden and and Mm -hmm. also important to be like keep evolving Try to be critically view your work rather than, you know, just write something and be pleased with yourself. And like, yeah, you can be pleased with yourself for a little while. You can feel accomplished and, you know, you, you have achieved something great. That, that's that's actually true. Finishing something is... I was... I used to... As I said, I used to abandon a lot of uh, creative work because I lose interest after some time. So I just abandon it. But the feeling of finishing something even if it's a short story or essay Mm -hmm. or a review it's it's really amazing actually i think Mm -hmm. you need to give yourself that kind of a feel Mm -hmm. how does it feel to finish something once you have that feeling i think you will go for more of it (laughs) because it's such an amazing feeling to finish a story and also be critical about yourself you know be open open to criticism because uh, one of the persons who criticize on my grammar and spelling and things is my Mm father-in-law. So he reads very thoroughly. So he reads everything thoroughly and he, even if Mm. it's a very, very minute thing, he doesn't let it go. So he asks why Where did he criticize it? Privately or in some good (laughs) reads or somewhere? Yeah. No. No. He. No. No. He just tells me. So my in-laws lives with me. So he, okay. uh, as and when I publish something, he reads it, and he. He's an excellent proofreader. So he reads it, and if, even if it's a, so, he's a old-school you know, uh, uh-huh. grammar uh, okay. person. So yeah. <laughs> so in that sense, <laughs> so, but still, yeah. Initially, it's a little uh-huh. bit difficult to accept that you made a mistake. Uh-huh. Uh, your style, okay. your grammar has mistakes, your spelling has mistakes, your style has mistakes and some words uh-huh. because you think that the word means something. Uh-huh. And in fact, that word doesn't mean that actually, but you are too, you know, <laughs> too proud to go and check the dictionary. Very <laughs> uh, like uh-huh. open to criticism and write every day. Uh-huh. Uh, then try to finish things.
1: quality work and right.
2: try to okay. put out good quality work rather than, yeah. Because you can't say that yeah, I have a some so-and so job and I ha- I'm just a writer like you know, I'm just a part-time writer so what right. so whatever it is, I'm just writing it as a hobby. but I think if you it's not like watching a movie because Correct. you write for some some audience right some somebody's eventually going to read your stuff. So if you say I watch movies as my hobby, yeah. doesn't matter. nobody's going to read you know. Nobody's involved. nobody no 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 other person has a mm-hmm. stake in that. But when you write as a hobby, mm-hmm. there is a person on the other end who is going to read your mm-hmm. to read the thing you are uh, you have written. they are going to waste if mm-hmm. they are going to waste time reading your stuff, it's not done so <laughs> when you when you when you are like writing so if you if you if you ever intend to publish it, if you ever show it to anybody then better be good, you know, better so, be serious about it. That's, that's yeah, my advice. Absolutely. Because you cannot, you so, don't so, have the right uh, to To summarize, uh, time.
1: set out time every day and keep writing uh, every day. Uh, even if it is a Facebook post, then yeah. uh, what you also said is be open-minded. You will have a yeah. lot of criticisms, face those criticisms positively and then keep improving yes. and always be a finisher. So uh, keep uh, finishing yes, things yes. and putting out putting things out there so that the yes, world can yes. see and read them
3: yes reviews.
1: we now move to the last part of this uh, interview which is what is your current work and future projects mm-hmm. that you have in mind
2: mm-hmm. yeah uh, so currently uh, i'm uh, the last part last mm-hmm. uh, phase of writing a novel which i have actually started writing very a uh, long time back and uh, uh, being almost five years I'm just wow. uh-huh. you know adding some a few pieces to it every time so uh-huh. it's a contemporary fiction novel about uh, so it's it's about uh, uh, touches upon a lot of uh, okay. uh, issues that the current generation face for example it it talks a lot about uh, depression and a lot about the career goals uh-huh. and ambitions and how the peer pressure uh, the parental pressure and you know the the dilemma of most of the current engineers face. So I have come across a lot of people who face this dilemma mm-hmm. of passion versus, you know, daily life or passion versus their profession. So try to it's a, it's, I, I would call it a contemporary fiction because uh, it touches upon a lot of uh, mental and emotional mm-hmm. issues that our current generation faces. Mm, it's a, a novel that spans across almost uh, 10 years. First part of it happening in Goa. And then a part happening in Bangalore, and then back in Goa. So it's it okay. has a lot of covering a lot of uh, journeys. So that so, that is so when is it likely to be published? That I'm doing currently. It's, uh, so I have actually I have finished uh, the first. Wow. Uh, like I had okay. finished the second draft and the beta wow. reading. Okay. So I had uh, four beta readers. Three, two of them finished, uh-huh. and I revised according to their comments. Right. So what did you, what did you put the title and, as? Uh, oh. Yeah, I think, uh, okay, so this is called Lost. Sorry, Edges. again Lost? So Let's... Lost just because it's a story of, uh, no, no, Lost Edges is the, you know, kind of, I am just uh, a, ten, a, a tentative uh, okay. title, depends on the publisher or whatever. So Lost Edges because the protagonist is a person who had a yeah. basic, background in painting painting in painting the lost edges is a technical painting term where you blur the you know when you have a painting and you blur the Mm. boundaries so there is a focus object and there is a lost background on the the, edges lines where it gets blurred that is that are known as the lost edges yeah lost edges so that's why from his painting background I have picked uh, up this word that okay. kind of fits together. So, fits together, so uh, the ties the entire. I was thing asking
1: together. when. What so, is the likelihood date uh, for Lost Edges to be published? Anything coming up soon, or
2: uh, will it take time? So, actually, I was I was trying now okay. whether self-publishing or traditional publishers so Mm -hmm. uh, I had uh, actually I am done with it so the Mm -hmm. writing the synopsis is something which may take a month but uh, because of as we know the corona lockdown and things I think many things are on pause actually so many I don't know whether all the publishing houses are accepting manuscripts or what's going to be the you know uh, plan for their publishing but still yeah I'm I'm thinking okay. of uh, sending it to the publishers this time just to see have a taste mm-hmm. on how does it uh, feel like or what is that journey because self publishing i you've already done had, that
1: twice so yeah, yeah. okay have
2: mm-hmm. some ki- some idea about how it works yeah so i thought okay let us or twice let try tries, to because the first uh, it. travel Hado, this is a novel which i nice. yeah mm-hmm. exactly th- three times uh, to include the traveler. So, uh, yeah, so this, mm-hmm.
1: that's why uh, work is done. So, so let's say we can, you know, uh, to, I whether write the, the traditional publishing route through. or self-publishing route, it's uh, likely to be published, say, in the next six months, right? Maybe. So, this is already the month, May, so I maybe around November so. yeah, or that's, that's by the, mostly planning. by the year end. Yeah. Definitely it should be out. Okay. okay. December. So yeah. I think uh, yeah, I based on so. what you said, yeah, so. it covers about a decade of uh, contemporary life of people yes. uh facing a lot of dilemmas in their yes. life passion versus profession the yeah. career pressures career goals the depressions yeah. that they go through and um not only those yeah. things but also parental and societal yeah
2: and pressures. also yeah Pressure and also the importance of, you know, taking help for mental uh, issues. I mean, mental uh, uh, health and uh, the the lot of taboos that covers that area of going to a therapy or taking medicines and, you know, and things like that. So there are a lot of dogma around that area. So I have tried my best to put out my view on how mental health has to be taken care of. And also, uh, so that, that is also a main thing, I think, the current mm-hmm. uh, generation is looking at. So it's, it's all, like, I can say that it's a cross-section of uh, the main issues that uh, our generation going through. So because we don't have the issues of, you know, mm-hmm. trying to find next day's food or trying to find a cloth or, like, the, the things which our older generations faced we are kind of free from those kind of things but still we have a lot of conflict we have job and kids and all kind of luxuries but still mm-hmm. there are a lot of conflicts of different kinds so the novel tried to address okay. those kinds. Okay. of things okay so
1: based on uh, your uh, writing that i saw and what i heard in the review what i read in the reviews it i am sure it's gonna be a very very interesting read uh, very well. It will be well received by the readers and uh, surpass the uh, number of copies that get sold uh, more than your previous two works. And I uh, do look forward uh, to reading this book. And I think uh, on behalf of uh, myself and Hydro, we yes. wish all the very best for the success of uh, the forthcoming book, Lost Edges. Mm. And I yeah. think it should be a prime uh, feather in your cap yeah. for it for this uh, year 2020 yes, right so i
2: hope by, so i sincerely uh,
1: hope so once again wishing all the best for that uh, book publication so we'll wrap up yeah. with uh, one last question about the long term vision or long term projects after uh, lost edges uh, do we have anything in mind
2: uh, yeah i have uh, i have a couple of ideas like uh, probably for a novel i want to concentrate uh, on the historical uh i want to go okay. back to a historical fiction kind of a thing because uh, during my travels to the agenda case uh-huh. i had uh, come across a lot of historical figures who we have forgotten like how their lives were uh-huh. things like so we have a lot of mythological fiction nowadays but uh, nothing about the historical fiction trying to recreate the life of uh, a particular uh, nobody in the ancient world, so it's something like that. So I have plans. Like I, I, I think I will really enjoy writing something like that, and also I have planned for writing more short stories. Okay. So I want to concentrate on more short stories and uh, keep uh, you know participating in anthologies like uh, the Hydros one. Or I want to write and collaborate okay. with uh, you know a lot of good writers in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, people like you know like hydro gives a lot of uh, a good pl- platform for people right. who wants to write short stories and you know if somebody cannot yeah if i if i, if I cannot publish uh, 10 20 stories of my own but still can participate in anthologies and get reviews and collaborate with different writers so i of course want to uh, concentrate on my short stories and improve mm-hmm. the form and the storytelling methods and I look forward to participating in a lot of, uh, you know, anthologies as well as uh, writing competitions. My next thing, I think, uh, the Commonwealth uh, Short Story yeah. uh, Prize is uh-huh. something which I <laughs> sincerely admire because this year mm-hmm. we have a person, an engineer from Bangalore, shortlisted. So that gives an immense hope.
1: What, what about people, uh, you know. film, so film have, industry, uh, or web planned. series, or OTT? anything like that in
2: your uh... I I, I okay. don't know okay. not even in my distant dreams actually so mm-hmm. <laughs> I as of right. now I mm-hmm. think I'm going to mm-hmm. stick with the uh, writing uh, fiction and short stories and novels uh, then I want to stay in this writing field for a very long time so that is one thing I wanted to say so that when you asked about the beginning writers I wanted to say that actually so I always think that I'm just like 32 now. And at least I want to stay in this mm. field as a writer as long as possible. Like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's the next 20 years. as mm-hmm. Like, whatever, uh, how much of the time I has, I wanted to mm-hmm. stay in this profession as a fiction writer. To be a lifelong writer, and so let's put that, it that way. That's my main aim. Yeah, yeah. A lifelong writer. And uh, I don't want to just okay. think that, okay, it doesn't work and I just want to quit because that's why that's why i kind of pushed myself to turn into full time right. writing because i didn't want to have another choice i didn't want to give self right. give myself another option to become something else so i think down the line probably in next 20 years or 30 years i uh, as an engineer i never had that kind of a, I never had that kind of a, uh, what will happen in your next 5 years career kind of a thing but now, uh, standing here as a beginning oh. writer, I can clearly see where I want to go Within the next 10, 20 or 30 years, like how much ever long I have. I can clearly see. So I think it's not a myth mm-hmm. that when people ask you where you see yourself after five years, I thought it was a fun question. It was just hey. a <laughs> you know, hypothetical scenario, but I don't think yeah, when you're oh. in the right profession, I think it makes sense. Okay, so to very, see very, very um,
1: so, nice and glorious yeah, uh, objectives and vision of yourself. And on behalf of uh, Kalambabu yeah. Talkshow <laughs> and Hydra, I wish you all the very best in all uh, your uh, yeah. endeavors in the writing journey,
3: yeah.
1: Shalini. And uh, thanks for taking the time out yes. for doing this interview, the first one on Anchor.
3: Yeah.
1: And uh, I'm very, very grateful yes. for agreeing uh, to be my guest on this podcast I enjoyed talking to you it was a very informative discussion we had so I'm sure we'll be having one more episode uh, sooner than later because you are a dedicated writer we will soon uh, talk again
2: I also want to thank uh, Kalambaboo talk show and uh, Hydro for uh, giving this platform and you know bringing forth uh, writers and readers who actually are beginners it gives a uh, immense confidence right, for people like me it was a great experience talking to you because i <laughs> i don't think i had ever had this great. long discussion with in my sphere uh, about it was writing a pleasure and, and uh, it, was it was great nice talking, talking to you, you. yeah yeah
1: we'll, we'll sign off here and yeah. goodbye sure. all thank listeners for listening bye-bye and take care thank you
2: thank you